Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Behind the Bounce podcast, episode 19 today. It's the Catherine Zimmerman tribute episode. Uh, for those who don't know, we attribute every episode to uh, a player or um, historian with the number of the jumper that we're on today. So we're up to episode 19 today. Zim obviously wears 19 for Cold United, so this one's for you, Zim. Uh, I don't know where Cooper is. He's currently gone to get an iced coffee, so God knows when he'll be back. It's take two of this uh, this episode because we recorded it. I thought it was actually a decent episode yesterday. Uh, Coop shit the bed with the recording, and um, yeah, there was a big echo in the background in post production. So we're back uh, on Tuesday at the Cracker Sparrows, nine a.m. to record this uh, little episode, um, and we've got plenty to talk about today. Coops is back. No, I do apologise, um, but we are still ahead of schedule, so. Yeah, we are. We usually, well, we've got a day to make up for for, for last week anyway, because we recorded on a Thursday last week, and it's usually a Wednesday thing. So um, we'll get it out on Tuesday this week, and we'll be back on uh, Wednesday next week. Coops, we've got a giveaway winner to announce. Uh, thank you to all of those who entered our giveaway for the Chloe Malloy uh, signed footy. Dixie, should I should I say should I announce it? I, I think so. Okay, I'm there. Um, so congratulations to Cassidy. Um, they have won the Chloe Malloy um, signed footy. Um, so I got that mailed yesterday um, after the episode. So it's actually already on the way. So we love that. Thank you to all of those who entered as well. It was um, it was an interesting process for us. We've never, obviously, we're only just starting out as a potty. And um, we went through all the trials and tribulations of a giveaway last week. We nearly lost our YouTube channel. That, that got terminated for a bit. Um, <laughs> we had entrants coming in from everywhere. We had people asking questions. It was a whole thing. Uh, but we got to the end of it, and we've got a winner. So uh, well done to Cassidy. Um, hopefully that won't be too long, and, and OzPost can, can get that at a, a normal sort of time. Um, plenty to talk about today, though, Coops, and it is going to be a little bit difficult um, just because we did speak about it all yesterday. Uh, which is yeah. probably the theme of the of the episode, but we'll jump into the into the AFLW results, and then we'll jump into the the new item on the agenda, which would be the tribunal that happened um, last night. Yeah, um, good game to finish or to start the week last week with the Tigers and the D's. Do you think that the D's are the real deal this year, Coops? Um, no. <laughs> Nah, I I think they're definitely up there. Um, you know me though, a bit biased, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think the D's. What are they? Two and O. So yeah, currently um, sitting fourth, Collingwood sitting third. So go figure, really. Um, nah, but I think there's yeah, there's four teams that are two and O. So I think Collingwood, uh, Collingwood, Melbourne are definitely um, contenders, but um, I think Adelaide will want to back it up as well. Yeah, I from think from last year. Too. You make a very good point. The D's are looking really good. Like it's probably one of the best AFLW games that's probably gone around. Um, well, I mean, I'm not going to say this year because we're only two weeks in, but in the last couple of years, it was really high quality and and high paced. The Tigers, um, as we said last week, they come to they come to play this year. They um, dispatched to the Saints in round one, um, and then played really really well against the D's as well. Like they were. They were up for a little bit, and then I think it was just the old heads of the, the D's that sort of got through. Um, you know, got to remember that they're one of the inaugural two in them and the doggies, and um, and they showed that on the weekend. The Daisy Pierce and the the Taylor Harris got them through. Yeah, well, and even that, like Taylor Harris, just you know, experience. 
like even though she's only new to the club, she's been around the system for for a long time. It looks like she's finally found a club that that um, she settled at. Uh, I don't think she really settled uh, at the Lions or at the Blues, but it looks like she's really come into her own this year. A bit of a yeah. Ben Brown sort of story, it looks like, and we'll get into that actually in a couple of seconds when we, we um, talk about the Ds, but actually we might talk about it now, now that we're on the subject. Um, they did it, the Ds did it really, really well in the fact that they, um, yeah, they got Taylor Harris for um, a little bit of coin, um, but like they took her and they've just molded her into this player. It's so far it seems it's going to be um, really really good for the club going forward for however long she plays. And the men's team mm. did it with Ben Brown as well. They took mm. a player that was sort of good for them. there thereabouts, and well they turned Ben Brown into a Premiership winning player, and and he looks really settled. You know they identified what they needed in terms of um, positioning, and they've done it for a long time. Like they built that midfield from scratch. And then they took the skeleton of a defence and the skeleton of a forward line and they just moulded them into this premiership winning outfit. Like, they acknowledged that they needed outside run and they got Ed Langdon. Um, mm. They acknowledged that they needed some key defensive stocks and got May and Lever. A bit and of a then, two-finger salute from Ben Ban, really. That's, yeah, that's well, what I'd be doing. North didn't want him, did they? And I sort no. of wish that... Uh, when they did that a couple of years ago, when they got rid of Brent Harvey and Drew Petrie and uh, I think Nick Del Sano and Michael Ferrito, like they all sort of retired. But I would have loved to have seen them go on because they all definitely could have. Um, but yeah, it sort of brings me on to the to the first point. Jeez, uh, we've got some real cat action going on in the in the lounge room. Might just start <laughs> the joys of live podcasting. Uh, um, it brings me on to my next point, Coops. Do you think that Melbourne are the benchmark in the AFL system? Um, yeah, probably. I mean, of... I, I sort of know your answer already, but we'll, 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 we'll um, we're good actors, so we'll play it out like we uh, haven't said it Home before. And away so, yeah, real. Um, yeah, no, I think I think they are. Um, I I think they are definitely. Um, they sort of, I don't know, it's hard with Melbourne, but they do sort of show that, that the, the club culture and, and that sort of thing. Um, I think you had more of an in-depth response there than, than myself. Yeah, so what we obviously mean by that is um, not in terms of um, players. Of course, Melbourne are the benchmark in terms of what they were able to do in the, the men's competition this year. They won the Premiership and, um, you know, they looked unbelievable. But mm. and it looks like the women are on their way as well. But what we mean is just the club culture. Like you see the, you know, success breeds success, and they've sort of united as one, which is really awesome. And you see all of the men at the women's training and the women's games, and um, yep. you know they're giving their insight and and all of that. Like the social media is all run off one account. It's just showing that they're together and that they're going to move forward as one. Whereas you still see the divide of men's and women's in most of the other clubs. Yeah. No, I think that they're leading the way forward, and and it's really good to see, and and obviously it explains their their success as well. Um, and I'd really, as I said yesterday, I'd love it if the Saints just grew a little bit closer. Like obviously, um, when Tani White did her ACL at the start of the year before last, um, I think it was in round round one or something. Um, the first person down into the club rooms after she did it was Jaron Geary, which I thought that's great really for him. Yeah, it was really awesome, and um, she released 
like a, she did an interview afterwards and just said it was really awesome to see somebody from the men's team come and support her. But I would really love for the men's team there to be, you know, taken away and to say somebody from the club. Like, yeah, it'd be awesome if we get to that stage where it's just they are like equal and um, yeah. I think that, yeah, the D's are certainly um, paving the way for that, and it's really awesome. Um, it is It is also good to see. Um, I know a few of the clubs have, like, the, the men's players actually coaching, um, like the AFL, or not coaching, but the being a development coach. And they may not even be on the on the coaching panel, but they're, um, for instance, Collingwood, um, when I was at the open training, there was, there was Jordan Roughhead, um, first one out um, in the goal square, um, trying to help the... The um the AFLW players, which was good to see, because um, you could sort of like on the fence behind the goal square, you could you could hear what he was saying. So it was ju- it was good to see. I think um I think Luke Dunstan did a bit for the Saints AFLW team as well before he got traded. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if he went and um did something similar at the D's. Probably not. Mm. Um, or maybe he's even staying around the Saints as well because they are sort of different contracts, but. Um, yeah. I just think it's awesome, and I think that it's, it is, yeah. it's something that can only can only grow as as the teams expand, um, which is good. Yeah. On to the Saturday game, keeps. It was the the battle between me and you. Um, <laughs> yeah, the the pies again dispatched my poor Saints. We're a bit of a shell of the team at the moment, keeps. We've lost our two best midfielders, and we've pushed our two best yeah. defenders up into the midfield. Like, there's not a lot of service, unfortunately, for us. But yeah, I mean, they're doing okay, and, and the pies are such a good, strong outfit. Um, that was sort of always going to happen, I think. Um, do you think that you're a contender for the flag this year, Coops? 2-0, and o, good start? Yeah, well, good start, but um, like we lost, the first blow was the co-captain um, yeah. with an ACL injury in the season opener, and then um, the skipper, Steph Tiocci, was ruled out 90 minutes before the bounce with an Achilles problem, and then big blow for the for the Pies. I think that they'll be okay, though. Like They've still got enough there. Like They've got a lot of really, really good depth players that counterpart your Chockeys and your um and your Bree Davies as well. Like obviously yeah. probably more out forward, but she could play in the midfield if she wants. She's that good. And um yeah, got plenty of others in there as well. They're just a pretty solid outfit. Like it's just it's it's awesome to see and it was good to see the Blues get back on the winners list against the Cats in a pretty tough game. That looked like it was it was no fun at all to play. I think um yeah, Georgie Press Barkers, she uh, nearly broke her nose. She got cleaned up. Um, no, look, it's good to see the Blues get back on the winners list. Uh, I think mm. they were touted to win. Oh, to, I'm not going to say win the flag, but I think that they were, a, a, you know, Contender. real finals, finals fancy this year. And um, yeah, obviously took a little bit of a beating last week against your Pies, but they're looking all right again. Um, and it's the same with the the Suns and the, the Eagles, the Battle of the Coasts. That also happened on. Uh, that was the first Sunday game. A um, couple of suspensions to come out of that, Coops. Uh, yeah, there was. A little Get bit about those. them in a second. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you've got to watch them. I sort of wanted to catch your reaction live. Uh, yeah, yeah. anything bad, but I've already seen them and you have I um, like I saw the article, but I didn't actually watch them. Two suspensions to come out of that. It's always nice to see the Suns get a win. They celebrated like it was... Um, it was a premiership for them, which is pretty cool. Like, you always like yeah. to see clubs that are struggling... Um, yeah. get a win. I think they're one and one now. I think the, the Giants, yeah, the Giants got them in the first round. Um, so they're one and one. Uh, the Premiership favourites, Adelaide, got up over a very gutsy North on Sunday. That was a really good game to watch. Um, and Adelaide again, 
pretty professional win from them. North didn't have... Um, I don't think they lost a lot of respect from that. Like, they come to play and, and they were in it for 99% of the game. Adelaide just sort of rose over the top over yeah. there in, in South Australia. And then the last game of the round was the Dockers and the Giants. And the Dockers, again, showed their fast-paced brand of footy can't be matched. And um, and they got the win at the VU Whitnoble, I think. Both of the Western Australian clubs um there. Yeah, and yeah, then just, the Lions and the, the Bulldogs got the week off, unfortunately. Yeah, but... they did. Um, they got COVID postponed. The first AFLW game that's been COVID postponed. Um, and reliable I think source. A, Here we are. It'll be, it'll be a recurring theme. Speaking of reliable sources, um, the just to, to keep going on that, the victory Melbourne Victory Women's game got postponed this week as well. Um, so just oh. to show that it, it is a thing that is currently... Um, mm. It just happens at the drop of a hat. It's... Um, yeah, it's, life, it's, isn't it? it's interesting, but it's it's actually quite funny just to see the responses uh, of the codes that went about it because they pushed that doggies and lions postponement out to the absolute limit. Like they pushed that out and out and out. I don't think they announced it until the day before, and they yep. were talking about it on the Tuesday, and they didn't they didn't postpone that till Friday. Um, so they were giving them every chance, and I don't really understand what chance you can give them with of you know, something that takes a week to recover from. Yeah, yeah, true. Whereas, like, the victory game, that's supposed to be played on Sunday and that was postponed yesterday. So, it's it's interesting just to see the responses. I guess it's probably got to do with the amount of players that constitutes a postponement. I think, the like, obviously the A-League and the A-League women's is five. Um. So, obviously, they hit that threshold. They asked for it straight away. But maybe the AFL is different just because there's, well, 16... Well, no, there's 20 people in the women's and 24 in the men's. So, maybe they... Um, maybe it could be like seven or eight or nine players that yeah. constitutes a postponement and they're just waiting to get that confirmed. But it's interesting. Um, and Should we... Um... This week. Yeah, no, um, it's shit to see sport get postponed, I guess, but that's life. Um, should we uh, see these suspensions before we go to round three quickly? Or Yeah, I'm there, Coops. I want to get well, your um... suspensions. Uh, your reaction, obviously, um, for those who don't know, Ali Hampson, Emma Swanson and Tate McCrill. That's a sick name. We've uh, got one match bans um, with rough conduct charges. Um, Coops, I'll let you watch it. The video goes for 30 seconds. I might just... Um, feeling a little bit of time here whilst you're uh, shooting the breeze and having a, having a gander. Um, I'll, actually, I'll give my uh, opinion. The first two I did not think were suspensions at all. Um, Ali Hampson and Emma Swanston, um, if you haven't seen them, both sling tackles in the biggest of air quotations. Um, none of the players that uh, obviously like were on the receiving end uh, needed any medical treatment. None of them went off. They're both free kicks. Uh, in the game. So I thought that was very interesting, a little bit soft, if you ask me. Um, and then Tate McCreel, that's as clear-cut of a suspension as I've ever seen. She come in from about 20 metres away and cleaned up a lady off the ball. Yeah, no, I think you're right, Dixie. The first two the first two were um, were not... You probably you probably let it go, but... Um, yeah, the, second, the, the third one, um, we're what? <laughs> first quarter, 12 minutes, 17 seconds, and... Bang. The scores are zero one to zero zero, and she's just gone bang. Yeah, yeah, right. The tone early, Coops. I actually, 
now we, we talk about those first two actually now have sort of come around to a little bit. In the men's game, they'd be a fine. But yeah. obviously, as we spoke about last week, there's not enough money in the AFLW to be fining people $2,000. Like, that's a lot. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I can sort of understand why they're weak because obviously you're not going to find them. But then again, I don't even think they'd be a suspension. In the, I don't even think they'd be a fine in the men's See, game. So, mm, that, it's it's interesting because on the – here we go, Fox Sport article. So the league assessed potential dangerous tackle from giant Catherine Smith and Docker Janelle Cuthbertson, Cuthbertson um, in Sunday's game, but the MRO deemed it not um, a reportable offence. So it'd be interesting yeah, right. to see those and just compare them. You know what I mean? I'd even like to compare the first one to the second one that we watched um, yep. there because the first one, it was all in one motion. Like, it would just look like it was a, a, just a tackle. A good tackle. Um, it was just, that's exactly right. I think, like, she dropped the ball and... Um, Oh, I, I don't really understand. What See, that's cool. Um, so I've just read it, and in summary, they can all um, accept uh, a one match a one match sanction with an early plea. Um, so for running at someone and cleaning them up, it's one match. For tackling someone, a good tackle is one match too. So yeah, there's no real separate separation between cleaning someone up off the ball and tackling someone with the ball type. I think um, it could probably do with an independent panel, Coops, because obviously these, yeah. uh, the MRO is the same one that does the AFL men's. And I think it probably needs an independent panel with people that watch AFLW and understand the system. Not saying that they don't, but yeah, I don't think that they'd be... A, I think they'd be a fine in the men's game. And... I don't understand how a fine in the men's game constitutes from a week of not playing in the women's. But Well, this um, was... Um, Tate McCreel's was careless conduct, medium impact and high contact, which is a one-match uh, one sanction uh, as a first offence. So it's it's interesting. Mm, I think um, maybe we should get on the board, Coops. Well, absolutely, because they've just copied them. They've gone the old control C, control V, because it's careless conduct and medium impact and high contact on Hampson's tackle, Hampson's tackle. So that's I don't know. Yeah. See Weird. that one. That one was the second one that you watched, and I think that that one was a little bit. May. More. Uh, dangerous. More dangerous like, than the first one. Second motion there, but yeah. the first one was genuinely just a. It was all in the motion. one motion. She was just, just unfortunate that her, mm. that her arm was raised, then she hit the ground. Ali Hampson um, just, you know, dropped her whole body weight and just dragged her down. Like, it was it was all in one motion, whereas you're right, the second one was sort of grab the hips and... Yeah, it was a bit of a, a bit of a grab and twist, but it still wasn't terrible. Like, her head yeah. didn't hit the ground, she, and she got up straight away. So, it was yeah. just one of those ones you go, oh, Jesus, like, maybe, like, be careful. Don't do, you know, if you do that yeah. you know, too many times, you will end up getting, um, getting the wrong one. So... Um, that's interesting, but uh, we'll move on to round three now. Um, Geelong and the Cauliflower Bagpipes at uh, GMHBA. 7-10, yep. Cooper. Do you like that time slot? Shit, no. Really? It's better than 7.50? Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, no, you're right. Um, 7.10 is not bad. Um, that's, a, that's a weird time slot. Uh, well, that's it, isn't it? Um, but... yeah, it's neither here nor there. Yeah, correct. Uh, depending on what you've got on the agenda, um, it can be good, can be bad. So, but no, seven tens just started. You know, you know, it's bloody beautiful. 
Um, I think I think we'll be there for that. I think we'll um, we'll get up. So. I think you will as well, Coop. Sorry, I just had to decline a phone call. I'll give that person a ring back in in a minute. Um, I think you will as well. Um, Geelong are obviously showing signs, but they are still quite young. Um, hopefully Collingwood can regain Jockey this week, but um, mm. I'm not really sure on her status, unfortunately. Neither. Um, West no Coast comment. and Adelaide. I think Adelaide should absolutely wipe the floor with um, the West Coast. I yeah, think, correct. Uh, they'll, they'll show what they're made of again. Uh, I, think I think the next game will be a wipe the floor too. Yeah. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, round three, and you've you've got the D's as a stitch up. Yeah, it's uh, it's actually it's been quite a tough tough start to the year for us. Like, I mean, the Tigers on paper before the season, that was that was a close game, but um, they obviously show that they're going to be something this year. And um, then we ran into the Pies, and now we've got the D's. So, and then who have we got after that? West Coast. Okay, all right, well, we should get one back over West Coast, but um, <laughs> it's been a tough start to the year. Uh, Richmond and Fremantle is a game I'm actually really looking forward to watching. Um, the Tigers, obviously, as we've said a million times, have come to play this year. And the Dockers yep. have got such a fast style. Um, mm. That's also interesting in the travel aspect because um, the Dockers will have played... This will be their second week in a row playing in Victoria. I'm not sure if they've stayed the week. So if they've stayed the week, I mean, that goes both ways, whether you know it's a whole not sleeping in your own bed type situation or whether it'll actually help them being in the one spot. But yeah, I think that'll be a lot closer than a lot of people think. Yeah, no, definitely. 5.10, it's a, it's a here nor there time as well, but it is on a Saturday, so it's not Yeah, not I think that's part of the doubleheader. I think that the 12.40 games are between the West Coast and Adelaide at the Swinburne Centre as well. Yeah, inject. Doubleheaders, bloody beautiful. Oh, yeah, it's, it's nice, isn't it? Um, mm. Moving on to the Q Clash now, Coops. I think that that'll be good as well. The Lions have started off terribly with uh, a one-goal performance in the first round and then a postponement. Mm. be interesting to see how they come off the bye or, well, the break. be good to see the, the Gold, Coast, Gold Coast get up, though. But then in the in round four, they come up against Richmond, so... Yeah, they're a bit of a boogeyman, aren't they? The old, the old Tigers at the moment. Mm. No, but I hope the Gold Coasts um, get up. They should get up over Brisbane. But then the week off might have helped them, um, depending on how, how badly they were affected by the old COVID. Yeah, well, that's true. Like, even... Um, yeah, they think it's, like, 18 days for a professional athlete to get back to full health after they um, first contracted the virus. So You're right. that's, like, three weeks. So, say they had it last week they've still got another two weeks until they're at near full fitness and from all of the athletes that i sort of know that have copped it it's a long road back like um there's a player for the melbourne uh, victory women's who caught it two weeks ago mm. and she was playing on sunday yeah. and she said that she had to come off like she was asking for a sub after 20 minutes because she was just like her lungs had just blown up so yeah um that is interesting like, it's a shit thing in it a couple of boxes that i know that it's really knocked them around in terms of like recovery like the illness wasn't too bad it's mainly just the the recovery effects a little bit later um but yeah that's it, interesting and it and it's the same with the doggies who play at 10 past three it'll be interesting to see how they go as well because i think it actually was them that had the issues i don't think it was a lions i think it was 
um, the yeah, Western Bulldogs okay. and Geelong that had some issues last week. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, so the Lions might have got out of that pretty scot-free, but it'll be interesting to see how the Doggies go against the Blues as well because um, they play quite well against the Ds and the Blues are, are back on the winner's list. So yeah, that'll be good to watch as well. And then uh, we skip the game in the middle, but it's North and GWS. Um, probably not a bad game. Uh, they're both one and one. Yeah. North are Eight and nine in the ladder, two. which means nothing in round three, but whatever. <laughs> That's the... <laughs> It's <laughs> the battle for who's going to jump up into the five. Uh, well, that's it. I think that the, the Roos should be pretty right with that one. Um, they're a good enough team. Should be making finals. Um, I think that they'll be they'll be quite good. Um, James Hurd's got a new job. He's at the, the Giants now as a leadership coordinator, I think, or something along those lines. Uh, yep. As we spoke about yesterday, it's awesome to see old players give back to the game. And mm. uh, James Hurd joins uh, a long and distinguished list of, of players that have jumped back. Um, I think that hopefully he can do some, some good over there. Um, yeah. Obviously, regardless of what your opinion is of him after the whole Essendon drug saga back in 2012, like, he's he's done his part for the game. Like, he was such a good player. But he, like, hopefully he can do what, like, Bucks did. Chris Scott, he's done quite well as well. Yeah. Um, just plenty of... And even Robert Harvey, to an extent, Damien Hardwick... I just love seeing old Nick Del Santo. Come, yeah, correct. Just come back and uh, Brett Rapp as well. Pretty much most mm. of the, the coaches. But it's I good to see like, um, old Del Santo go to the women, so um, yeah. I think that's great from him. Yeah, no, I think it is as well. Like, obviously, uh, identified that it was something that he could change. And, and um, I mean, he hasn't had... Time will tell, I guess. Uh, yeah, I think he's, he's had a pretty tough run of it, though. He wasn't even yeah. coaching on the weekend. Um, yeah, on the old iPad or FaceTime. That's on the Zoom type, Facebook Google Meet, call. Instagram Live type. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, I think it's pretty cool. Like I just love seeing mm. it because you see the the NFL. It's completely different. Like we were, I was watching the playoffs yesterday while we were recording it, and um, I got really distracted for one. But they're all, you know, well, unless I don't know the NFL system enough, but. They all seem, like, none of them seem like an old player to me. Happy to be wrong. I would love it if Andy Reid tore up wherever he played for. But, Dixie. you know, it just doesn't strike me as a, a player that went back into the system. Yes, Cooper? Um, minute 30, yesterday. Who? Let's recap. Who got up? Oh, sorry. <laughs> we were watch- I was watching the playoffs, as I said, and um, the Cowboys played the 49ers, and they come back from hell and high water to get within a touchdown. Mm. A minute 30 to go, and they stopped the game due to um, where the ball landed. Real big thing. I couldn't quite hear. It was on mute. And um, Yeah, okay. Hard to hear then. 49ers ended up getting up. Yeah, right. Okay. So they, they um, kept the lead. And then after that, I watched the, the Chiefs game, and they got up. So that was good. That's good for them. I like the Chiefs. Chief hit the tribe, so that's good yeah, for them. Yeah, correct. That's my... Yeah, good. <laughs> um, what else is there to talk about, Cubes? How long have we been going for? Half an hour? Yeah, yeah, correct. Half an hour. So, Ooh, to uh, be... actually, I had um, one more topic. I was um, at the because I feel like yeah, the subjects that we've got mm. left went like shit yesterday. So we'll just skip over them. Um, I actually have okay. a subject, um, and if you've got anything else, please feel free to add it in at the end. Um, nice. I was talking to um, a friend of mine. I went to uh, shout out Lyndon, Lyndon and Tara's place yesterday. Um, great people, amazing people. And um, Lyndon and I were talking about the AFL, and he's such a smart, articulate mind. 
and he was saying that um, he reckons that similar to the AFLW that they'll chuck the AFL uh, the Fremantle and West Coast in a hub, and they'll just be able to um, set up sort of shop anywhere. And we both agreed that we think it would be a very smart idea if they have a little bit of control is if Fremantle and or West Coast set up in either Adelaide, Sydney or Brisbane. We both don't think that they should come to Victoria because um, just on the sole basis of at least the Vic team still have to travel. I think yeah. that it would be very, very silly if they set up at Marvel and yeah. got, well, I think I think nearly every team plays a home game at Marvel in Victoria. I think even Collingwood and, yeah, Collingwood do, don't they? You play home uh, games? I think so. You played the in the AFL, year, I think. Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah, no, we play a home game. I think it's. I think we played against like Western Bulldogs this year, which is or someone who Marvel's usually their home. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, we do definitely have a home game at Marvel this year because I have been uh, having a look at the old fixture. So yeah, I think that, and I think yeah, Lyndon's right. I think these that you, you've got to at least have some sort of advantage where the Vic teams have to travel because. I mean, they all know that... The, I think the MCG is a little bit different because it doesn't work both ways. St Kilda don't play home games at the MCG. We barely play there at all. But, um, yeah, if they set up at Marble, that's just... That's your own funeral. Collingwood v West okay. Coast. There you go. Round four. So that's that's our Marble. But I think we've got a couple more there too, which is... Um... Yeah, that would make sense. Could be a sponsorship thing. Like, I know that the Tigers have a... Uh, not a sponsorship, but like a contractual thing. The Tigers have to play... Uh, I think it's one. They have to play one, at least one home game at Marvel, and they get nobody to it because the Richmond fans are snobs and can't get on the tram. Like it can't, it can't be that hard, can it? Oh, Jesus, they played Gold Coast, which is understandable. Gold Coast obviously aren't going to draw a crowd, but there was nobody there. There was only like twelve thousand or something. And didn't they beat them too, Gold Coast? Oh, they what? did. It was the um, Tigers and the Giants at Marvel that was really oh, okay. close. Yeah. So okay. yeah. I'll, you were right, kudos. Um, but yeah, okay. And that wasn't even that wasn't even Richmond's home game. So Richmond played the Giants at Marvel. That was a home game. But the Suns yeah, played okay. the Tigers at Marvel, and it was the Suns' home game, as well as the uh, Giants played the Tigers at Marvel, and it was their home game. Yeah, okay. They only played four games at Marvel. That's incredible. They played one against the Saints, which they beat us by 86 points. But they, So they only should have played, realistically, they should have played there twice. That's ridiculous. I'd be right. Yeah, they played there, they played there six times. <laughs> that is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> they won all of them. We won't talk about it. <laughs> the Tigers didn't even win all of them. They only went at 50%. Oh, that is, that's cooked. All right. Uh, you didn't have anything else to add, Coops? I think, I think that's it from me. All right. Uh, well, thank you for watching. Hopefully, you all enjoyed today's episode. Take two. Hopefully, we're actually okay. I feel like it went a little bit better than yesterday, to be honest. There was a lot less shit spoken about. So, that's always good. Um, congratulations to Cassidy on being a giveaway winner. Hopefully, that footy arrives before too long. Before Christmas yesterday, which I thought was smart because my grandpa said the same thing about my car. I was like, when's my car coming back, grandpa? And he goes, oh, before Christmas. Shout out to, to P. Dilly. Um, we will catch you all next week, everybody. Thank you for listening and uh, bye-bye.